everybody, and welcome to the 79th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I am Rob. And I'm Anna Marie, and this episode is brought to you by Meeples and Milkshakes. You can find them in-store at 130 Westminster Avenue West, Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Okay, so as you can tell, we are um, we don't sound uh, 100% right Still. now, but we're feeling pretty good, <laughs> but we sound... Uh, not like so this. very good. So we're going to try and get through an episode here because we have a lot to cover over the next few days um, and a, yeah, a lot of games to play, a lot of games to review before the end of our, what we like to call our actual year ends, kind of the end of this first week of January. We try to wrap up yeah. all the games we have left to play, review them, and then start doing our uh, top 10 lists of uh, things we want to, or things we played this year and things we want to see for 2024 and right. so forth. So we're going to try and do that over the next uh, week or so. So to start this episode, we have some more new to the collection because yes. it is the season for new <laughs> games. It is. Um, did you have one you wanted to talk about first? Sure. Okay. I will talk about Kutnahora, the City of Silver. So this game is designed by Andre Bystren, Peter Kaslava, and Pavel Yarosh, and published by Czech Games Edition. And this game is a city builder game. It's yep. where you're, you know, developing and mining in the famous city of silver. So it takes place in the 14th century, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you're just kind of mining and getting as much silver as you can, helping to to build it up and it's one of those where you have to manage i believe like your personal success with the success of the actual city like yeah you can't if you go too heavy into personal you're not gonna do as well i don't, I don't think so you have to kind of balance it but if you go all in like just helping and not mm. building up yourself you're not gonna do well either so kind of a, a management there um, but yeah, I've heard really good things about this one and I'm super yeah. excited to get it to the table. I've heard nothing but good things about that game. It's on a ton of people's uh, top 10 games lists of 2023. Oh, cool. So good. I'm glad we're going to get it played before. Yeah. <laughs> so it might, maybe it'll make an appearance on one of ours or both of ours. Yeah. So we'll see. We're going to play that soon. Um, I have one here. So this is a game we backed on GameFound, I believe. And this is the um, successor to a hugely popular game. Uh, that we loved, and this one is Sleeping God's Distant Skies. Yes. Yeah. So this one comes from the same crew, uh, designed by Ryan Lockett, art by Ryan yeah, Lockett. Yeah, the guy who can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and published by Red Ravens Games. Um, so this is the, yeah, kind of the sequel to the original Sleeping Gods. We played through the whole first mm-hmm. game of Sleeping Gods and absolutely loved it. It's one of our favorite games from two years ago. I don't remember. I think it was 2022. <laughs> yeah. And Time so, blurs together so, for me. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so. But that game was so, so good. Yeah. And this one is going to be, I bet, no different. Yes. It currently has an 8.9 on uh, BGG. Wow. So people are really I don't think I've ever well. seen something that high. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Honestly, like, I don't... Have you seen anything that high? I've I mean, never. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen anything 9 or above. Oh, I've seen it. But yeah, really? this is this is very, very high. Wow. Yeah, and this one, yeah, the same as the other one, plays one to four. It's best at two, which is what we played at. Yeah. So we'll do the same thing. Uh, and yeah, the playing time is 60 to 600 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So as if. As long How could you as get you this one done in 60 minutes? Well, they're saying like it's, you can play a game. Okay. Right? Like uh, yeah, okay. One like scenario a game. Yeah. for an hour. Fair. Yes. But I was going to say, there's no way you Or you could you sit could... down for, Yeah, you know, and do the whole thing. Yeah. And, and play this all the way through. Yeah. But yeah. This one's going to be great. I yes. loved the first one. It was so much fun. Um, and this one's going to be no different, except for this one has uh, the, the different uh, thing that's happening in this one is that you are flying around in a plane yeah. rather than uh, sailing around in your ship. So there looks like there's like kind of flying dinosaurs and stuff you have to deal oh, with. Fun. Yeah, it looks really cool. So looking forward to this one because it will be great. Yes. But this one we probably won't because this one we didn't get until... Um, January, it's going to be a 2024 game for us, release for yeah. us. So you won't hear about this one from us for a little while. Yeah. Uh, what else do you have? All right, I have Sky Team. So yes, Sky <laughs> Team. Yes, Sky finally. Team, designed by Luke Raymond and published by Scorpio Masque. Um, this one looks like so much fun. It's a yeah. two-player game, 
and you are working together to fly, land, you know, navigate a plane um, from airport to airport, I believe. Yep. And you you're you're silently assigning like yeah. your moves. Like it's use dice, I believe, and you do use dice to like there's dice placement spots mm-hmm. on the board, and you have to choose a die but you can't i think you can't talk to each other about what die no. you're going to use where yeah you kind of have to uh decide what you think is best yeah given that the pips on that die and where the location is and what you need to do at that that moment but it's neat you have to balance the axis of your plane control its speed deploy the flaps extend the landing gear contact the control tower to clear your path and have a little coffee so you can focus <laughs> so that's cool I, I'm very excited because if you, you know, if the plane tilts too much when you're trying to land, you're going to probably clip the wing and not make it. Um, you could get fired, you could die. Like there's so many things in this and it just, what a neat, neat idea for a game and very excited to play this one. It does look great. The second I heard about that one, uh, I knew we wanted to play that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And two player games are uh, especially good for us. Yeah. That's great. We'll be playing that one uh, shortly. Yes. Yeah. We'll be mm, probably by, maybe not tomorrow, but probably on Thursday we'll yeah. be playing that. So we have uh, one more here from me. Um, and this is one I I got on the uh, Meeple's Boxing Day sale. Right. And this is a game I'd been looking at, but just hadn't pulled the trigger on um, because I liked the theme, but I hadn't, I was looking at it and I was like, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't know if it really is going to be what I wanted out of a game. Right. But then I saw a bunch of people talking about it in their top 10 of the year for 2023. Uh, so I was like, okay. And then it came on sale. So I said, sure. And this game is moon. This one is from uh, sinister fish games designed by Hakan Garder. Garder. G A A R D E R. So Garder. And, um, I'm sure he says it much more fluently. Probably. Fluidly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it sounds probably a lot better than I sound right now. But this one it plays one to five players. It says it's best at three, which I would kind of assume just by looking at it. It's uh, 45 to 90 minutes. And it's, um, yeah, it's kind of a, a construct like card constructing game. So it says here, uh, Moon depicts an almost plausible rush to construct lunar bases that are attractive places to live and work for people of Earth. The most prestigious base will become the new lunar capital. The game's uh, the game employs the familiar pick and pass or hand drafting mechanic nice. mechanism for players to select a new structure card to add to their base. Each hand of cards represents a convoy of experts and equipment traveling between the players' outposts, giving the players the choice of a new construction each turn. In a new twist of the genre, each hand always contains one uh, one of a number of expedition cards that grant a special free action every turn before passing on to the next player. So you're, yeah, some cool, it's just like card drafting mechanics mm-hmm. and you're building out a base and, and making it, uh, yeah, the best, the best big base for people to live in and work in on the moon. And yeah, it just sounds cool. I yep. like the theme. Um, I liked it. What's it called there? A lot. Uh, Luna Capital. Luna Capital. Yeah. Or Luna Capital. Um, so similar kind of thing going on here, yep. but with cards. So I don't know. And yeah, it, a lot had, of people have been been saying they liked it. So haven't had card drafting in a while. It's a good game. Yeah, this one's or rated uh, seven point six on BGG right oh, now. Oh, cool. So I don't know. This one we'll give it a go. I got it. Uh, yeah, at a, at a decent uh, discount. So nice. we'll see. All right. Yeah. What about you? Do you have one more? No, I That's said it? mine. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're we're done that. Okay, part. we're done that. Then we do have a game we wanted to talk about for crowdfunding. So we are going to head on over there right now. Alrighty then, here we are at our crowdfunding segment of the episode where we're going to talk about a game that is not um, currently uh, on GameFound. It's it, coming It's soon. coming soon to GameFound. I believe it starts on March 1st, the campaign. But this one has a preview on uh, GameFound.com and it looked very interesting. It looked like um, uh, something that we will probably be interested in. So yeah. this one is called Under the Sun. Under Our Sun. Under Our Sun. 
by uh, tabletop games. Table, uh, table topper games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this one, do you want to give a little read of the synopsis there? Sure. So Under Our Sun is a semi-cooperative exploration board game set in a post-apocalyptic world where life is at the mercy of the sun. One to four players embark on an adventure, assume the role of survivor, and join forces to reach a common goal. Players beware. Everyone might not have the same goal in mind. Yeah. <laughs> so this sounds familiar to one of the games that we love, and that's right. Forbidden Desert. Yeah, our favorite, yeah. I would say, our favorite family game. Yeah. So it's, it has a very similar theme where you're yeah, fighting sun is the enemy. the sun. And, yeah. Um, you have to explore tiles. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's it, kind of like a way bigger... You have to work together. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this one, you kind of, kind of do, kind of don't. You do have to work together, but it, but you don't win together. It sounds like it yeah. sounds like you have, like you would have your own goal to achieve. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So this one sounds interesting. Um, so Under the Sun is a semi-cooperative exploration board game set in the post-apocalyptic world. That's yeah. Yeah. After a giant asteroid hit the sun, life on Earth is at its mercy. Our life on Earth is at the mercy of the sun. Caused by the impact, sunstorms made the, of plasma, radiation, and magnetic particles wiped out modern technology and turned the northern atmosphere into a desert-like place. Interesting. As a result, the old concepts of society have replaced by violence, chaos, and struggle for survival. As a member of one of those remaining righteous communities, you head out into the dangerous wastelands to ensure the survival of your group and fulfill different tasks. Okay, kind of a side note here. So just when you were reading that, I've thought about this quite a bit. And I know like this might sound like Y2K kind of thinking, but like when all technology is wiped out, mm -hmm. I never thought about it in the year 2000. I didn't. No. I was like, that's <laughs> not going to happen. Computers are still going to work, blah, blah, blah. But I've thought about it recently being how interesting would it be if if just yeah all of a sudden we have no internet oh, man. we have no this anything. world would be in madness if well it happened. yeah i know it'd be interesting I, <clears throat> chaotic but oh, eh, yes. anyways i digress it's just something interesting to think about yeah it's scary to think about honestly um but yeah it sounds cool so you it's turn-based gameplay <laughs> um each each round represents a day um and they're divided into different phases of morning noon evening and night on your turn, you can use a limited number of actions in many different ways to reach your goal. So again, it's just kind of a, a simple game. You're exploring tiles and yep. you're, you're gaining resources and you're getting um, tools and, and weapons and you're you're taking on different challenges. And, and I think they said the challenges, like it could be nature, it could be people, like yeah. random things that are going to be your... Your yeah. kind of enemies almost are the things you have to battle. Yeah, it says explore the area tile by tile and trigger events which are scattered around the map. Find precious loot and scavenge for resources to craft unique items, upgrade your character, shelters, etc. Yeah. And you can, yeah, you can fight against animals, people, the elements, all those yeah. things. And you're just trying to reach your goal and also help the others. So it sounds interesting. Yeah, it's saying 90 minute playtime. So <laughs> an hour and a half-ish. That sounds... Yeah. I, I think it's going to be cool. And this one, so let's see um, here for, does it have any uh, things, any information on uh, what the the different uh, pledge levels? Pledge levels no, be? because no, it's only a preview. Any. Those ones won't come no. out until um, March 1st, until it actually launches. Right, so only at launch. But just judging by the pictures, uh, the components look really they good. They do look really nice. The yeah. art looks really nice. It looks really detailed. and Yeah. Um, the tiles yeah. look yeah really nicely. They look and, like um, big hex tiles. Mm -hmm, yeah. Kind of remind me of um, Eclipse tiles. Yeah. Like those that size of hex is what they kind of look like yep, to about me. about that size. Um, and the, the player boards look like they're dual layered. Um, the characters are little minis um, that can be painted. And it looks like there's lots of colorful cubes to yeah to try, and the character art looks really good. That's what I that's what I was yeah. saying with the detail. That I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking of both the characters. Like, yeah, they look really really good. They look really good. So the the actual um, components and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Production of this looks yeah. really good, really high production. So and for to have a production that looks like this before this is even launching to me is very promising. Yeah, before right? they even do their launch. to show yeah, that they've good. got. A good handle on what their what the product they already have coming. Yeah, in, so and we're okay. one of the followers of this campaign. Currently, there's about uh, 1,994 people following the campaign. And if you do follow this campaign, um, and you do end up 
backing this game, you will be able to get a free gift. Yeah. And this free gift is a soundtrack to go with the game. Oh, cool. Yeah. Under the, under our sun original soundtrack. So we'd be getting that for free. And I got to say, I love playing games with yep. music. We always, we always we have always something do. in the yeah. background, but <clears throat> if we can theme it up with the game we, is what we, we try, try to, to do. do. Yeah. It, I just find that it makes the game so much more enjoyable. For sure. We always yeah. do. Um, but yeah, this one sounds cool. Under Our Sun from Tabletopper Games. And this is starting the campaign on March 1st. Yeah. And it looks pretty promising. So I guess that's about it for our... Um, crowdfunding. Crowdfunding. <laughs> yeah, so that's good news because we have a cool game we want to talk about in our review here. So we're going to go and review that right after this. Meeples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay-and-play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in-house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7pm. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at the final segment of our episode where we are going to be doing another Meeple Dungeon Review. And what are we reviewing today, Anna-Marie? Today we are reviewing Apiary, designed by Connie Vogelman, art by Quan Shai Moria, and published by Stonemeyer Games. Yes, Apiary. So this one, um, we only got... Um, Oh, you got this on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this was a Christmas present. So this is one that um, we'd heard a lot about, um, but wasn't really on our radar up until just recently. But we'd heard a lot about it recently. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's another game from Stonemaier that this one wasn't a Kickstarter or anything. This one was nope. just straight to uh, retail. And it's yeah a funny uh, theme. Do you want sure. to talk about the theme? All right. In a far distant future, humans no longer inhabit Earth. The cause of their disappearance, or perhaps their demise, is unknown, but their absence left a void ready to be filled by another sentient species. Over the span of untold generations, one species of the humble honeybee evolved to fill that void. They grew in size and intelligence to become a highly advanced society. They call themselves Mellifera. Mellifera have made substantial technological advances in addition to the technology they adapted from human ruins, up to and including space travel. But the species has not managed to completely escape its own evolutionary history. Although Mellifera has overcome the short lifespan of its predecessors, this longevity comes with the cost of prolonged hibernation. Each year, members of the species are active for just a few short months, the flow, before going into hibernation for the remainder of the year. The dearth. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of what's going on. Yeah. So, a bit of a silly theme about bees uh, taking over as the uh, dominant species and then, you know, exploring going off space. Into, <laughs> into the cosmos, exploring space. But, yeah, so this is, at heart, a worker placement game um, with some really interesting mechanics uh, going on here. So, we'll tell you how does this game work. There is a main board. And on that board, there is one, two, three, four, five, six. six different major locations for you to go to, to send your workers. And one of which is called Explore, one is Advance, one is Grow, one is Carve, one is Convert, and one is Research. Um, so on that main board, in the Explore section, you're going to have a mini of your B mothership. So like this huge mothership. That's not, it's like the mothership to all of us. Yes. There's like, we have to picture it as I'm flying my ship out into space. You're flying your ship, but we're all kind of following the. We're, yeah. The we're mothership. like different factions of the same yeah. species. Yeah. But then the mothership is there and there's a bunch of tiles there, about uh, nine, 10, 11 tiles there that are going to be put out at random. 
And those are going to be tiles that you're going to flip over to represent uh, exploring different planets and getting resources. Then there's the advancement spot where there is some tiles for farming, recruiting, and developing. And you're going to be choosing these tiles to add to your player mat. So you do have your own player mat, I should say. Then there's the growing section where you are going to be able to get more bees and then add to your uh, colony ship, like uh, increase the size of it. Then there's the carving spot where you're actually going to get kind of end game scoring uh, tiles to add to your uh, ship. And then uh, the convert spot is where you can just convert resources and cards into bigger and better things. Then there's the research spot in the bottom left corner where you're going to be able to get cards. And these cards are multi-use, very different, uh, interesting cards. And seed cards, right? Like you're planting seeds They're seeds. That's what they're called, the seed cards. And they have three different uses, which are pretty cool. And then at the bottom, there's like this hibernation chamber where your retired bees are going to end up. Yeah, it's not an action <clears throat> selection spot. It's just no. where you but go. But it's like yeah. the end game trigger and a few things down there. Yeah. And then there's a, a track, a victory point track around the outside. So you are going to set up the board. It's all variable. There's tons of stuff to put down here. So everything is put out. There's loads of different tiles for everything. So you're only going to put out a few of right. each. Um, so every game is going to be different. And... Um, so you're going to seat out the board and then you're going to, you're going to grab a, um, your own player mat, which, which is, is like a, your hive ship. Yeah. Your hive ship, which is, uh, they're all unique. There's about six or eight of them yeah. you can pick from and they all do different things. They all have, um, different shapes, uh, and different things that happen when you put down tiles on top of them. They're all a bunch of hexes like yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. And then you're going to select a kind of head, uh, like faction, faction. tile, which is a three sided or three hexes kind of put to, uh, stuck together in a triangle. Yeah. And it's going to tell you like who you are and what your end game scoring thing is going to be. And you're going to put that onto your player. Mat. It gives you some um, resource spots because you can only have resources <laughs> that amount to the number of spots you have. Yeah. So you're going to you add to it and resources. stuff, but they're, yeah. And then you are going to get, yeah, get your starting resources uh, dictated by your, your faction tile. And you're going to collect your B um minis and these bees are like die yeah. with a head and a tail on it really and they have sides one two three and four available to be showing at any time and also dictated by your faction tile will tell you uh, what b types you start with and the value yeah like... the value yeah so whether or not you start with a, a level two B and two level one Bs or right. whatever that is. And you're going to put those on your little sideboard. So you have an, you have two kind of yeah. boards, like a little sideboard and then your, your main um, spaceship board on that little sideboard is where you're going to have your, your bees that are available for you to use uh, for actions on your turn in this, in the top part of it called the active pool. Right. So you're going to start off with your level two B, your level one B and your level one B. I think that's most, most factions start that way. Yeah. And then below that, you're going to have some little tokens, some little bee tokens. And these things are used for uh, keeping track of every time one of your bees hibernates. Yeah, you're, like they go in the hibernation. Color. Yeah, so the, the little uh, cardboard uh, bee-shaped things that you're going to end up using later on when your bees start retiring. Right. And then below that is your landing area, which we'll kind of explain here in a minute. So once you've got everything set up, on your turn, whoever goes first is simply going to take one of their bees and put it out into one of the action spots. Now, they all act quite different, but in a similar way. Yeah. It's all about the number on the bee that's showing. Um, so whatever n- number uh, pointed up is what really matters. So if so I put out my level two bee. If you put it in the, like, the explore spot, mm-hmm. you would put out your level two and you would take then the the queen bee, but just like representing your hive kind yep. of, your ship, the mothership. And you move that, you can move the bee, um, the ship, two spa- up to two spaces. Yep. And so when whatever spot you land on, you're going to get the resource that's depicted there. Yep. Then if you're the first person to land there, you take that little resource chit, you put it on your board, mm-hmm. and then you get to add a tile. You yep. flip over the tile, which is going to then show resources at the top. And sometimes you get to add a resource to it, <clears> and then you get to claim those as well. Yeah, and that, that tile is representing a planet that you've just discovered. Yes. And then and the every... resources that are within it. Yeah, and every time then another player or yourself goes to that planet, you get the resources that are available in that planet now. Yeah. 
And as you go there more often, um, some of them will have two, three different uh, resource spots mm-hmm. on it. So every time you go there, you might discover a new resource and add to it and add to it and add yeah. to it. And the queen always, the, the hot, or the mothership always starts in the same spot. But let's say I went there or you went there with your level two yep. B and you moved two spots. Well, when I go there, say I went there on my turn, mm-hmm. there are two worker placement spots that are connected with a plus sign and a little arrow. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I would take your two and I would move it over. Yeah, you'd bump me out. I'd bump you out, but over to the other spot. Mm-hmm. And then I would put mine in. But that means, let's say I had a level one, I would get my level one plus your level two. So yep. I would get the chance to move three spots yep. in that area. So you kind of use, because the bees work together, right? They do, yep. So you're then, uh, I, w- I could move up to three spaces on that. Yeah, you're able to combo off the previous bee that was there. If, if you're able, if there's a spot for you to bump him to, then you can. Because some places there aren't, you're going to yes. be bumped out of the the game all altogether, like off the board. Yes. And, um, but we'll talk about that in a little minute. They also have a spot in that explore section where it says, if you used your level four bee, you get an added bonus. Yes. So not only would you get to move four or more spaces, but you also get, um, they're going to, as you flip over the tiles, some of the tiles will have a little section on the bottom that shows a level four B mm-hmm. and, um, and then you get to do that level four action if yep. you can complete it. So it's like an, you get the resources on the tile plus that extra bonus yeah. of the level four B. Yeah, so they all, basically everywhere you go, if you ever play a level four B, you're going to get something good from going Because it's there. your strongest B. Some places, like the carve, you can only take level four Bs right. there to even access these tiles to purchase. Um, and then, so yeah, that's how the Explorer works. You place a B. Uh, you move that many spots. If you'd bumped somebody down, um, then you also add that many kind of pips, per se, to your movement. And then you can move the mothership around, um, discover a spot, flip over the tile, get a bunch of resources. That's how the Explorer works. Right. Um, the advanced spot is similar, where you're going to place a bee in the, in the worker spot. And all that does is allows you to have access to one of three different rows. And it's neat because they have um, on the three different kind of columns, they've got a plus two, plus three, or plus five. Yep. So you need to have two, three, five or more um, yeah, levels more, on your... Yeah, more, five or more. On your B mm-hmm. to be able to uh, access yeah, the, the tiles in those rows or yeah, columns. Yeah, it's three different um, rows of, of or columns of, of tiles. Uh, one that is a farm... Like they're in three rows. There, yeah, there are three rows that have like one row is a farm, one row is recruit, one row is develop, but they're right. in the different columns for the how. one of each per column. Yes. Yeah. For plus two, plus mm-hmm. three, plus five. And it just depends. Those come out at random. They get seeded out from a big stack of tiles. And these tiles are really, really uh, good. These are the yeah. tiles that you're going to be ending up attaching to your uh, ship that right. you're flying around in. And those are going to cover up spots on your ship. And as you cover up spots using these tiles, you're going to get things. So every time you cover up something on your ship, it might be a resource picture or a victory point or something like that. You're just going to get that instantly. Yeah. And they also, they're they're going to help with some end game scoring because yep. on your faction tile, there's going to be an end game scoring, mm-hmm. which, you know, can be, you know, if you have certain number of the farm tiles around it, then you're, you're going to get, get extra X amount of points. Yeah. yeah. And the tiles work quite differently. So the farm tiles are green and they have a cost at the bottom and it tells you what they're able to do. These these tiles are able to house more resources because that's a big thing in this game. If you ever get resources and you don't have spots for them to, to sit on your board, you have to discard them. You do actually get something for that, but ultimately you kind of really want your resources. So as you're buying farms, you're going to have more spots to hold your water, your honeycomb, or what are they, water, pollen, pollen, uh, what's this one? The green, the green one? one? I don't I'll, I'll check it out. Um, you keep going. Oh, fiber. 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 And then wax. And then ultimately honey. Yes. These are your five resources. But your main three are the fiber, pollen, pollen and water. Yeah. And you're going to need spots on your player board to house these these resources. And your initial um, faction tile only gives you a certain amount yeah, of starting many. ones. No. So you're going to want to buy lots of farm tiles to get them out there so you can hold more resources. they're the only tiles that allow you to house more. Yep. And then they also give you a uh, an income. Yes. Uh, but those income we'll explain here in, in a few minutes on how you uh, actually get that income. Then there's also the recruit tiles. So that's literally recruiting bees. Yes. And they're the blue tiles. And they have like different names like the engineer, the pharmacist, uh, the herbalist. And yeah. they have various different things. They have a cost at the bottom, the same thing. 
as what it costs and um, the access is depending on how many B points you've put towards this to be able to buy it in the first place. And yeah, they'll do crazy things for you. Like, um, what is this one here? For a lot example, of those when you're, um, whenever you gain a, so if you, if you were to buy the genetic engineer and put him onto your ship, you would, um, whenever you gain a farm, you'll be able to trigger its income immediately, which is, that's a really big thing. Super huge. Yeah. So these are, you have to imagine just different characters that are helping you. Yeah. Sometimes it's, you get something every time you hibernate a bee or, mm -hmm. or things like that. So they yeah. have kind of random income times. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the development tiles, which are another, well, just different thing. They, again, they have their cost at the bottom. Those usually cost wax to yes. purchase. So that's and, one of the higher resources. And those usually get instant yeah. rewards for them. Yeah. It's ex usually exactly that. An instant reward of gain three cards or uh, fire up all your farms or something like that. And all of these tiles, they also have end game they do. point scoring. Yeah. Most on the left-hand side, they all have a point value. number value yeah. from basically zero to three or something like that. Yeah. And that's how those all work. Uh, but in this particular spot, when you do the advance, when you place your B down, if you're the first person to go there, you always have your B's value plus one. Right. Um, if you get bumped over, then it's the same, works the same way as the explore, where it'll be whatever new B is there plus the, the, the bumped B. Uh, and then that's the value you'll be able to use to evaluate whether or not you can buy whatever tile you want. Right. And then there is the... If you, I'm just going to say too, also, if you play your level four B there, um, you would gain three victory points. Yes. And right. so, so every time you play a level four B, there's something very good. So there's another bonus there for that. Yeah. The bonus for the advance is to gain three victory points. If you were to go to the grow section, um, there's one worker placement spot there. So there's not going to be any of this pairing up thing going on. Right. There. And if you go there, there's two things you can do. You can, uh, pay a pollen to gain a bee from your kind of pool like out, outside the board and add it to your what's it called the act, active pool yeah um and you can also pay two resources to to gain a um it's kind of like a, a side honeycomb spot yeah it's just an additional additional spots to attach to your ship it allows you to add four more tiles yeah. it expands your ship yeah it expands the size of your ship hive frame hive frame frames you your go. hive makes it bigger yeah so you can add four spots to your ship and you can attach it to your ship wherever you'd like in whatever yeah. orientation you kind of want as long as you're not covering up anything else yeah and that's how that works. So if you were to put a three worker B there, you'd be able to both be able to do both of those actions because one costs one strength and one costs two strength. Right. But if you were to put a level two or one B there, you'd, you'd have to pick between the two. Yeah. If you put a level four B there, you will be able to do both of those actions and you will be able to upgrade your faction tile. Yes. So that original faction tile you have, if you flip it over, it's going to have a bigger, better version of your endgame scoring. Yes. Attached to it. So that's a really cool thing to do. Um, it just literally will increase your, like with my character here, they would originally get two points per plant um, farm tile at, uh, adjacent to it. If I flip it over, it'll just have a lot more points. Probably three times. Yes, right. Yeah, so so it's, three it's points. pretty huge. Yeah. And then there's the research spot in the bottom left corner. And this is where you get cards. So it's a, again, it has only one worker spot. So no com combining of uh, power. Right. Um, and it's simple. Whatever value of uh, B you put there, you get that. You get to draw that many cards. You get to keep one and discard the others. These cards are very powerful. They are multi-use cards. They have three different things you can do with them. The top of the card has a text of an instant that you could use this for. And you could use this at any time on your turn, uh, before, after, whatever action you want to do, right. however it works for you. For instance, this one says the worker you place, this turn acts as if it has plus two strength. So that's really huge, Yeah. right? If you had a, a two, now it's a four, right? right? So you could play this card for that if you'd like, or... You could play this card for just any one resource, basic resource, basic resource you'd like. Or if you're lucky enough to be able to plant a seed, because these are the seed cards, you're able to stick this card underneath your your player board into one of four different slots and 
it's, it'll give you a pretty cool end game scoring. Like for, for instance, this one says it'll give you five points if your hive mat is full. So your if you were to cover every one of your spots on your on your mat, original mat, yeah, your original mat, you'll get an additional five points at the end of the game. Yeah, and so you get you originally get two spots uh, for the seed cards under your mat, yeah. and then every time you up to two more times, so up to four in total. Yeah, you can open up four. You can or um, have four total. Yeah, every time you add one of the uh, the hive frames you get to open up another spot. So yeah. you, in total, you can have up to four seed cards if you're able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, when you play a level 4B at the research section, you can also... So you get to draw your four cards, discard three, keep one, but you also get to plant a seed yeah. card. And that's huge. That's where... That's the only time you're able to plant unless you use a card's power or something out there weird. Right. This is the only way you're able to plant cards. And th these planting cards are huge because it gives you lots of endgame scoring. Right. Um. Yeah. And then you have the carving. This one's very simple. You can only go there with a level 4B. And they're very expensive. Because they all cost honey. Tiles. They all cost honey, like you just said. Honey is very hard to come by. Um, these are very particular endgame scoring tiles that you might want to get one or two of these by the end of the game, hopefully. Yeah. And you might not get any. Right. I haven't gotten, I don't know if, I may have got one. Yeah, they're not, sure. they're not easy to they're get. They're not easy to get. You have no. to really plan for them. Yeah. Then there's the convert uh, spot. This is very simple. Again, you you play your uh, B down there, and you can do X amount of actions depending on what how many uh, value your B is. And you could trade a uh, uh, trade in one seed card for another seed card. So basically, you could discard a seed card and, and just top deck one. Mm -hmm. You can trade any one basic, uh, resource. basic resource for another basic resource. You could trade in a pollen and a fiber fiber for a wax, which is pretty good. Or you can trade in two pollen and a water for a honey. honey. Then there's another couple things underneath here. And just one mention on that one. So if you laid, um, you get to do as many con um, conversions as per level B you put level. there. So yep. if you put a level one B, you'd only get to convert one do thing. one of these things. If you put a level three B there, you could convert up to three times in any combination yep. of those things. And you can do these, you can repeat, like you could do, you could discard yes. three cards and gain three cards or whatever yep. you'd like to do. But then there's the thing, if you play a level four B here. This is an interesting one. Yeah, you get to do what's called teach a dance. And there's two spots here that are allowing you to teach dances. And what this means is you can basically customize some conversion things yeah where like conversion spots uh available to you so for instance there and these are put out at random they're kind of these long um cardboard uh rectangles rectangle <laughs> things that you can add to the board and they're kind of blank so you can put on them if you're able to do this if you put a level 4b here you could put on them some some tokens that say i will if you trade a um you get to choose. Like it could Whatever be you'd like. a pollen and a fiber or a pollen <laughs> and a wax or, you know, yeah. you, you get to really decide with the options available yeah, you get what to you want to trade in. A, a new conversion yeah. that's available for everyone that goes here. Yeah. So say a pollen and a water could give the dance of pollen and water, if you were to put these two tokens down, will give you a knowledge. And that's two victory points and a card and then a and a leap up the queen's favor track, which we haven't mentioned yet. Right. Down at the bottom of the board is a queen's favor track, and it's a simple track. You just go up or down it, depending on if you're losing or gaining favor with this little icon of a, of a queen's, queen's crown, crown that kind of comes up here and there. And the further you are along on there, there's um, quite game. a few victory points to yeah. be had at the end of the game if you climb that, that track. But it's a neat little spot where you can create... There's only two of them available. Yeah. Uh, uh, create a... Uh, what do you want to call this? Any Only two dances that can be taught. Two dances that can be taught and per game. And interesting because you can only, say like a two-player game, I could teach one dance and you could teach one yep. dance. You can't teach both of them. No. Because you only have one little cube. Because what, um, say I taught the first dance, I would cr pick the two, you know, things that I want to use for the conversion. Yep. And then I would take my little colored cube and I would put it at the end, meaning that whenever somebody goes there, I'm going to get to move up. The queen's yeah. track. No matter who does that action, you're going up on the Absolutely. queen's track. Yeah. And that's and all that little cube signifies is that you taught that dance yeah. and that it's every time that dance is done, you get to go up the queen's favor. So it definitely helps to, to go do that dance yeah. or to create a dance there. So those are all the action spots you're going to go to. And on your turn, you're going to take a B and you're going to put them in one of these spots. 
The other thing that's going to happen is you are going to be able to recall your bees and you're also going to have your bees bumped out of these yes. spots. So in some of the single spots, like going to the grow, if I, if you, if I go to the grow spot this turn, and then you go to the grow spot on your next turn, you're going to bump me out of there. Yes. What does that mean? I have a couple options to do with that bee. When that bee gets bumped out of there, depending on its value, it's going to go to potentially a couple different places. Right. If I, if you bump out my level one bee out of the grow spot, you have the option. Typically it's going to come back and I can put it onto my active pool and I'm just going to increase its, its value by one up to a two. Now it's going to sit in my active pool as now a level two bee that I'm able to put out here and do hopefully better actions with. Right. And this can happen over and over again. Every time I get a, a get bee bumped, bumped out. off, I can put it there and I can increase its value up to four. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to increase the value. No, sometimes you don't want to increase the value. And if, and there's a couple of reasons for that because there's the, um, the collecting of your, uh, resources from the, your income. So whenever you retrieve your bees, so if, if you had played all of your bees out that you had and you had no more bees to choose from, you, do a retrieve you would have action. to retrieve on your next action. Mm-hmm. And anytime you retrieve, you look at your farms. And if your farms have end, or not end game, if they have the little retrieval income, income yeah. uh, however many bees you're retrieving, you get to choose that many farms to activate yes. for income. And you get to choose whichever ones you want. So that's a bonus for whenever you retrieve. But let's say you had, you know, two in your active pool mm-hmm. um and you, you want to try to get more out there you can place them instead of in your active pool when they get bumped off the board yep you could put them in the landing area yeah and that allows them to sit there kind of waiting for you to do a strategic retrieval action and when you do that big retrieval action you're going to take any bees that are on your on the board or in your landing area and you're going to use those to activate your farms to do your Retrieval. Uh, your retrieval and your, your income, income, which can be a whole array of things. It can be victory points. It can be resources. It can be up Moving the track, up the, up queen's the, favor, track. The, yeah. the queen's track. It can be uh, increasing the power of your bees. It can be adding bees. It can be all sorts of things. Right. So that's a huge part of the game is retrieving your, knowing when to retrieve. Yeah. To, to pull off huge things where you can get a whole bunch of resources or points right. or whatever you might need at that time. Um, and so you have to make those choices when your bees get bumped, whether or not you want to increase their power and go to the active pool right away yeah, or go to the landing area in hopes of using them for a big retrieval action. And when you go to the landing area, you don't increase their strength. So you don't no. bump them up from a one to two because that will happen when, when they, they get retrieved. It, exactly. They'll, once they get retrieved, they're going to end up in your active pool. Yes. And that's when they're going to increase in, in strength. So you only increase them when you go to your active pool. Yeah. There's one other thing to to talk about here. And that's when you have a level 4B that is being bumped off the board or you're retrieving. Right. And what happens with that B is it's going to basically go into retirement and it's going to go to the hibernation combs. Yes. And what this means is basically you've that B has done everything it can do. And you now take that um, B to... Uh, Person, little, yeah, to, uh, worker, little worker guy or whatever <laughs> off the board and it's going to sit in your like inactive pool off the board and you're going to take one of the tokens that's on your your little board your here, docking mat your docking mat and you're going to place it into one of a whole bunch of different spots at the bottom of the board that are you have two different sections in the hibernation comb um, there's a smaller section and then there's a larger one and the smaller section is worth whoever has the majority of hibernating bees in there at the end of the game is going to get three victory points and whoever has the majority of hibernating bees in the larger comb um, is going to get seven victory points at the end and whoever has the second highest is going to get two so basically when you go to hibernate they have um, when you're filling up the little spots you're covering up a bonus that you're going to get so you might be able to get a honey or a wax or a, a basic resource. Mm-hmm. You might be wiping one of the advanced, you know, rows. Um, but you get that bonus, but your bee is hibernating. Yeah, and this is this is how the the game... Um, it ticks down. Tick. At uh, your yeah, time. This is how the timer goes. Because every time a bee hibernates, you're going to put out one of these tokens into one of these spots. But as these fill up, that's going to show you that the game is nearly ending because the game, the game is going to end in two different ways. It's going to, it's going to end if every one of these spots is filled. Yep. 
which for a two-player game would be two, four, five, six, seven, eight. eight spots. So as soon as eight bees retire into the hibernation comb, the game ends, and there's two more turns or a turn each or whatever. Yes. But, or if one of us puts out all seven of ours. Yes. And that would be like crazy. Rough. Yeah. That'd yeah. <laughs> be really crazy if one person were to put out seven and the other person didn't. Yeah. You know? So every time we've played, it's been filling up these, these two um, right. pods. And that triggered the end of the game. And the end of the game happens with one turn each, regardless of who ended it, um, to finish it off. And then you go into a, a huge end game scoring. I, sh- I should mention, because we've been playing two player, we only use those two um, sections. There mm-hmm. is another section if you're playing only a three player game, yep. um, you have an extra added little four section spots. to so, fill up. Yeah, so four more bees would have to retire. Yeah for you to finish a three-player game. And then the other side of the board, <coughs> pardon me, is actually uh, for four and five players. Right. So, so they would probably the, have a larger hibernation comb. Yeah. We're on the two and three-player side of the board, but it, it changes slightly on the yeah. other side of the board. And yeah, then once you're done... You each get one more turn that, after the hibernation is full. Yep. You end the game and you go to end game scoring. Yes. And the end game scoring is bonkers huge it's like (laughs) there's so much of it it depends on so many things it depends on uh how many tiles you put onto your board and what you've covered up and what you haven't and what's adjacent to your your um, your faction faction and how many points you get for that the seed cards you've put out and what end game scoring they provide how far you are up on the the queen's queen's track yeah um, how many tiles you actually put down that have victory points on them. Yeah. Um, things like this. And then you tally up all your crazy end game scoring and you figure out the winner and that's it. And in our last game, Anna Marie had like... I had nine points. Nine points going into the end. Yeah. And she beat me with a score of 81, 81 to 77. I had, was it 70... Two points yep. in, in game end in, scoring. In game scoring. I had nine points going yep. into the end of the game. Like yep. that's I've never played a game that it, that I that I can remember where game end scoring can be that huge. Well, yeah, like, this is definitely one of the more significant yeah. things we've played in a long time, where the end game scoring is the bulk of it. Yeah, yeah. So when well, it depends, right? It depends should, on how you played the game. Like it does. other games, all have advanced up the point track farther and not gotten as many end game points mm. it's interesting it yeah. is so that is kind of how this game works play bees yeah. out do your thing add things to your board it's just adding tiles it's it's finding combos and and trying to um satisfy your hopefully your build up your hive and your hive and all the different end game things it's asking for you to do yep and that's about it yeah so um, let's revisit the theme. Does the theme lend well for this one? I think so. In a funny way, it it's does. It's a fun, yeah. it's a fun theme. I mean, theme. you can put this, you can put anything. anything for want. sure. But this one's a funny one. I like yeah. it. It's cool. Is it thematic? No. But <laughs> is the theme fun and fine? Yes. Yeah. You know? Little things make it that way, right? Like having your, your spaceship be a hive where you're, yeah. you're getting the hexagons and like a honeycomb, right? Like you're yeah, yeah. putting them out and... Um, but could this be bees? Could this it could. be panda bears? 100%. Could this it could be, be dinosaurs? Sure. This, you know, could but you switch I, this from sci-fi to fantasy? Probably yep. as well. But does this work? Yeah, it works yes. fine. Yeah, it I does. think it looks. I think it works great. Yeah, I like bees a lot. So yep, me works too. for me. Um, so let's talk about the components. These components are awesome. Yeah, they're very Le- good. I think they have so the little bee meeples that you get. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. It's like their body is a, a die, yeah. <laughs> but then they have a, like a pretty detailed head and the the thorax like at the end. Like so the the, the die is like the thorax, but then they have the little butt of the bee and yeah. like wings and <laughs> yeah, antenna. Like they're very detailed little characters and they're yep. super cool. They're very cool. practical too. And they almost look like sun dropped. Like yeah, it do. almost yeah, looks they like they've black, um, the shading in them. Shading, yeah. So they are they're yeah. So they we've got yeah. They yeah. do look. I way. like them. I think that those are very cool. Um, the tiles are nice. Like we've got the cardboard tiles for the farming, recruiting and developing where yep. you're building your board. Um, it's wooden, t- uh, pieces for the water yeah, and the fiber satisfying. and the pollen, like all of those. Yep. Um, 
your board is nice. It's kind of like a paper, almost like a thick, a thick yeah, paper. It's just a sheet of, yeah. And then you've got the the little um, hive. What are they frames? The hive frames. Those four four tiles. Those are just like a, a again. They're thin enough that you can put tiles. They can put them on top of your board and the tiles on yeah. top of those, and just they like still stay. They kind card of the stock. Same, same thickness. Yeah. And um, yeah, the board itself is really nice. Yeah. Good quality. Yep. Um, yeah, components are good. Components the little mini of the uh, the queen bee ship yeah. is pretty cool. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. And um, so artwork, really good. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Quanchai Moria, artwork, yeah. awesome as you would expect. The colors on here, I, I got to say, are really nice because mm. you have the your player board, which is like space. So it's black with like white stars. Yep. And then, um, and the board itself is kind of like dimmer. Like yeah, dimmer colors, you've got it. it's space in the background, right? So you've got, but then it's part of the part hive of the ship, and the yeah, ship. Bees working so, on it and using welders. And but things. then you've got the tiles. So like kind of bright pastel colors, so like green, blue, pink, yellow for the tiles. So those really pop on your like space yep. player boards and on the, on the map, all the, um, the components are colorful. So you've got blue, yellow, and green for, you know, water, pollen, and fiber, yep, the nice bright, bright colors. Yep. You're, um, and then you've got the honey and the wax are like gold and bronzy almost. Yep. And so the colors really work well because the, the way they've used the brighter, lighter colors, they really pop on the board and stand out. They don't just blend in. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I like the use of color on here a lot. I do as well. I think it's really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, then we can talk about the rule book. So I learned this one. Yes, you yeah. did. Um, rule book is great. I also... Full disclosure, watched Rodney's video. Mm-hmm. Um, watch it played, obviously. Love uh, Rodney. It was fantastic. Um, but these guys uh, with Apiary did great. They had a great rule book. They also had a teaching guide, which nice. is just a kind of double-sided, um, here's all the, the real things you really need to know on how to play it. Very simply laid out. They also had an appendix that had every tile, every Love card, that. everything in here yep. explained perfectly in alphabetical order. Anytime we had a question, it was like reference, like, boom, answer. go to the development yep. tiles, alphabetical order, uh, cross pollinator, boom. It told me exactly what that yep. thing did. So like Perfect. very, very awesome. And um, they also had little player mats that are um, cheat sheets that go with your, um, just with your player mat of yep. what icons do mean and uh, yeah the iconography was great yeah it was not confusing at all that's actually something i'm gonna back up because i'm gonna say uh, um with the components and with the board i really wanted to draw attention to this because i thought it was fantastic (laughs) they have made everything so easy to understand and easy to view like it is not cluttered it and the the font is big so like the explore big bold letters oh, yeah. and then below it where it's explaining what you do there it's nicely laid out it's not confusing not the very very simple the iconography is awesome it's it's very simple you know what it is the tiles are big enough where you can read them you're not like you're not trying to squint and figure out what it is just i think that the the layout of the board was well thought out and easy to follow along you're not confused with, with what you're doing, but yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And then the rule book. So you said the <coughs> rules were really good. Um, sure. I'm not surprised because this game is, it has a nice, easy flow to it. It really does. Yeah. yeah I really enjoyed this one. So what we have to say is whether or not we uh, recommend it. And if we do, who for? Definitely. I definitely recommend this one. I had a ton of fun playing this game. I think um, this would be a good family game. I would say maybe what, 10 and up, what do you think? I think 10 and up might be nice. Yeah, I think 10 and up would be pretty safe here. Our oldest, again, like he's kind of our, um, our, our measuring stick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where I think he could easily play this game. Um, but mind you, he's kind of geared this way. Yeah. So, But I think if you have a, a 10-year-old that likes board games, this is this is easy 10-year-old yeah. and up. Yeah. But yeah, no, um, I loved this game. Yeah. This game was great. I really, I didn't know what to expect from this one. Yeah. And I was kind of just like, I had, I didn't look into it much or nothing. And I was really pleasantly surprised with this one. I think it has a nice, um, 
It has strategy that mm-hmm. you can do. There's always something you can do. So it's worker placement, but you're, you can always go where you yeah. want to go because you're just going to bump somebody out. Yeah, you're never blocked from doing anything you want to do. And bumping somebody out is just helping their bees get yeah. stronger or then they get to hibernate and get a bonus. So You don't mind getting bumped no. out, out of spots because you can just go right back there and bump them out. And it, you're constantly, yeah, you're constantly improving your board yeah. state all the time. And it doesn't take long between turns. Like when they're doing their turn, you're kind of figuring out kind of what you want to do because it doesn't totally matter what they've done. Um, you don't ever feel like... Yeah, not really. No, no like there's nothing to do. Like, there's okay, always well, they something. Went, they went, explored, and they took that one little chit there that I kind of wanted. But whatever, there's like 10 yeah. other ones I yeah. can go to. So it's not a big deal. And no, I, I thought this was great. I love the idea of being able to put a, a worker out or recall them and the different yeah. actions that you get from the different choices on what you want to do that way. Getting to do things when you yeah. get bumped out, like all these different things, you're constantly having, getting to do things, yeah. you're always busy. And it's a good pace. It's very, a very good, good two pace. Player, this really uh, yeah. had a great pace to it. Yeah. I assume three player would be pretty fun I too. I think so too. Um, four, I don't know. Um, it plays to five. One to five. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what yeah. a higher player count would be, but there's not really much room for AP in this game either. So you're not no. going to get stuck on what move not you really. want to do, I don't think. Two is fantastic. I bet you three yeah. is really good. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I don't know. We'll try it with But three. that has the other board <clears throat> side too, which we haven't played with. So that could really yeah, mitigate true. some of that too. Yeah. So, so the four and five player, we're not really sure, but I yeah. would really wager three players. Awesome. Yeah. And it was great. I really, really liked it. This one really, um, uh, this one surprised me or like it, it went above my expectations. Yeah. I really like this. Yeah. I would recommend this to almost anybody. Yeah, I'd recommend this for pretty much anybody. There's a lot to be liked and a lot to, I think any type of gamer would kind of like this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's kind of a little bit for everyone yeah. in this game. So yeah, if you like a worker placement, that's fairly simple and fast paced with a funny goofy theme mm-hmm. this is a great one yep so i think uh we're yeah we're just under the 60 minute mark here this is great and our voices have held on yeah, just somewhat. long enough <laughs> so we're gonna call this an episode uh you can find us on x at meeple dungeon youtube the meeple dungeon our email is the meeple dungeon at gmail.com and uh we're gonna be playing a whole bunch of games here uh, including a big board game day with the whole Kelowna crew here on thursday so we're gonna try and get as much done here as possible so we're gonna hopefully get episodes out every few days yes right now so uh stay tuned tuned. and uh yeah we're gonna run and we will see you in a few days cheers have a great week everyone bye-bye